All right, thank you. Wonderful song there. Let's uh, turn our Bibles to James chapter 1 this morning. Good to see you faithful, and I hope you do, do bring your Bible to church. hope that you have pages to turn to. It's a good thing, good thing to teach our kids. Got the, had the joy of teaching our kids on Friday night. I was in Impact Kids. I got a special invitation. I've been hinting for a while. I'd like to go in there, but um, had a great time with the kids and um, just love, love hearing the, the rustling of the pages of Scripture being turned. It's a good thing. All right, so James chapter 1, and we've read that this morning, and a familiar passage of Scripture there, perhaps to many of us today, but there's just a reminder there about not being a forgetful hearer. And, you know, there's a, there's a great deal of people, I think, that you, you deal with every day that they're just forgetful people, right? You, you, ever, you ever know someone, maybe someone close to you, maybe a spouse or someone that you work with, and they're, they're just constantly forgetful. And, you know, after a while, initially, there's, I, was, I, had a, I had a boss when I was working while I was at uni, and he just was always forgetful. Uh, for a while, you know, it was a little bit whimsical in the sense of, you know, it just seemed, he seemed a little bit old school. You know, he, he wasn't someone who would take notes or, or write things down or anything like that. He just would say, you know, just tell me. And, and then you'd tell him, and then the next thing you follow up, and then it was inevitably the response was, I forgot. All right, and after a while, it was okay, after, for, but after a while, it just got annoying, all right, and just got really annoying because you just kept forgetting everything, but we've all been there. We've all forgotten something, something important. We've all forgotten to do something that we said we would do, and if we're not, if we're not purposeful about remembering things, that things just seem to be forgotten. And, and if we're, we're sometimes in the process of that, that can become a bit of our character trait. We know that we're known as that forgetful person. Um, and yet, you know, we don't really have an excuse in our day. We have the different means of which we can remind ourselves. I don't know if you're married to someone who's just constantly on alarm. They just have an alarm for everything. And your whole life, you're just jumping at alarms, all right? And, and, um, it's, and, and you know, don't look around. You, you might be wondering, but there's, this, there's a whole heap of things that, that we shouldn't forget, though. And there's a lot of things that are that important, probably we would never find ourselves forgetting. But, but we're, all, we're all prone to that in a physical sense. We're all prone to having, having some things that are coming up that we forget about. And in fact, we, we, should, we should have some things in, in place. I remember a story about Winston Churchill, who was a, known to be a great orator, who... Uh, at one point, just, just prided himself in remembering everything he had to say. And he came up one time, he was addressing as an alumni of his uh, prestigious school. He came up to the stage and he had rehearsed all of, the, all of his notes and all of the things that he was going to say. And he came up and he stood there and opened his mouth and nothing came out. His mind was blank. How embarrassing. And in fact, that's, that's been several times my nightmare, all right? I get up to preach and I've forgotten everything I was going to say. And that would be a nightmarish situation. You forget something in that moment. And, and forgetfulness can be a real thing. It can be something that we deal with every day in, in just our commitments, in, our, in the things that we say to one another. We can become very forgetful. 
But there's other forgetfulnesses that is just worse. And I, I remember reading a story about a man who uh, was, a, was a man who got saved later on in life. And he got, had gotten saved out of a, a really rough life. He was someone that was known in the town as, as uh, someone with a filthy mouth and had, had a really bad reputation, but God miraculously saved him. And after a couple of years of being saved, all of those, those things that he used to be suddenly became something that he wasn't. And isn't that how salvation works? God saves us from that. And he makes us a new creature, right? And he made this, uh, he, he was a Christian for quite a while. And he got the opportunity one time to head over to Israel. And he thought, wow, what, once in a lifetime, you know, um, trip. Someone paid for him to go over there. And they were just doing the tour. They got to see some of the sites where Jesus walked and some of the, where the stories of the Bible happened. And during the process of that, unfortunately, he got sick. And they found out later that he had gotten cerebral meningitis. And, you know, for, for weeks and weeks, he was unwell. And he was hospitalized there. Then uh, finally enough, he was well enough to fly back to the U.S. and he flew back. And when, when he got to it and when he was well enough to really have a conversation, he had forgotten everything that he had been. He suddenly started to swear again. He suddenly started to behave like he was previous to salvation. And unfortunately for this man, he developed this kind of amnesia because of the cerebral meningitis that affected his mind up to a point. He only remembered where his life prior to salvation. How horrific would that be? And suddenly this man who God had rescued from this life had found himself back to that. True story. And, and you know, I'm, I'm so glad that, that although that man forgot who he was, God never forget, forgot who he was. Amen. Right? Once you're saved, you're saved. Amen. And you understand that that man, and, and by the way, God doesn't forget anything about us except this. He forgets about our sins. All right? He's... he's it's as far as the east is from the west. He's put it down in the, the bottom of the forgetfulness sea. And he's forgotten about your sin, but he doesn't forget who his is. And if you're saved here this morning, regardless of the, the life that you live after salvation, by the way, we ought to be new creatures in Christ. We ought not to forget who we are. And God, I'm thankful, doesn't forget who we are. But there's a great danger. You know, this man suddenly became a different person because he had forgotten some things. And you know, the reality is, though, there's a lot of Christians living that way. There's a lot of Christians who are walking around, and it's not that they don't know who they are physically. They still remember their name. They still remember, perhaps, the, the, the direction to their favorite restaurant. They still know how to get around but, but from a spiritual point of view, they've just forgotten who they are. And it's really important. It's not just about forget me not, it's forget you not. Don't forget who you are. And the, the warning in Scripture here is given. He says there in James chapter 1, we, we know the context. He says, lay apart filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. And he says, receive 
something. Receive the, in meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. So we're talking about receiving the word of God here. And then he goes on and he talks about this, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. And if you don't do that, here's what happens. You're deceiving your own self. And unfortunately, just like that guy in our story, he had just, his brain had deceived itself. He had forgotten portions of his life that were important. He had forgotten who he was and, and, and he was a one that, that became a hearer of the word and not a doer. Notice what he's likened to in verse 23. He is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. You know, the, the person who is not a, who's only a hearer of the word and not a doer of the word is likened to a, a man who's forgetful about himself. He beholds himself in a mirror and then forgets the rest of the day what manner of man he was. And there's, there's many, many, unfortunately, Christians who really in, in all reality, they're, they're just in a place of forgetfulness. And so I want you to just, just let's just pause for a little while. Why don't we pray? We'll just ask the Lord to, to help us this morning and, and, and we'll get into the message this morning. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Every head bowed, every eye closed. No one looking around. Let's pray. And Father in heaven, we come before you to this morning and we're thankful, dear Lord, for the, the fact that you know who we are. And Father, as, as we sit here this morning, Lord, if we're saved, you know whose we are. We are yours. And we're glad that, Lord, you don't forget that. But we're glad today as well that you give us warning in your word about, about just issues in our life where, Lord, it's a warning because, Lord, we, you know what's best for us. And I pray, Father, that, Lord, as we glean in your word that you would help us this morning uh, to understand the things that you would, uh, you would uncover in your word. And I pray, dear Lord, that you would then help us to, to remember it, but then, Lord, to enact it. And I pray, dear God, that you'd help us this morning. I pray, Lord, for, Lord, for, um, Lord, just for your help, Lord, in, in, uh, in this hour. I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to have our hearts focused. I pray for those who, who have a need right now, uh, physically, spiritually, emotionally, dear God, that you would help them even right now. And I pray, dear Lord, that you'd just give, uh, give each and every one of us exactly what we need this morning. And Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' most precious, holy, wonderful name. And so, uh, so let's let's get into the message this morning. Let's, you know, it's, there's a there's a great there's a great understanding here in the word that there's times where we we we're just forgetful. We're forgetful hearers, and you know, there's if you if you uh, if we accumulate all of the hours that we spent together, just sitting under the preaching of the word of God, if we just added it all up, all the hours that it we were under the preaching, there's be, there'd be a lot that we've heard. There's much that we can sort of look at in, in, in the, uh, as a total of things in our lives that we know already. But there's a lot of those things that we never ended up applying, did we? There's many times where we, God gives us a, a portion of Scripture that he, we want, he needs us to pay attention to, and then we don't end up just, uh, we don't end up 
coming to it and, and memorizing it, but then let alone applying it in our lives. And the crux of the matter is that if you're, if you're to be a hearer of the word, God's attitude is that we are to be a doer of the word as well. That, that we are to have that in our lives. But he likens those who don't do that to be self-deceived, but also is like a man who beholds himself in a mirror and then forgets what manner of man he is. And there's a great danger. There's a great danger in being spiritually forgetful. There's a great danger that we go about in our daily lives and, and we forget who we are in, in, in Christ. And we've got to take great care. And, and there's a couple of things that I want you to be mindful of this morning, why it's a danger. Firstly, you know, when we forget what God has done for us and who we are, we become unthankful. You know, there's a great deal of Christians walking around just simply unthankful. They're unthankful for the, the new day that God has given them. They're unthankful for the fact that their eternity is settled. They're unthankful for the fact that heaven is real. They're th- unthankful for the fact that they have the Holy Spirit indwelling in them and they're sealed until the day of promise. And there's many things that we can become unthankful for. What for this very reason? It's just that we've forgotten who we are. You know, the Bible tells us in Psalm verse 40, verses 2 to 3, as a, by way of reminder, he brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it, and fear, and shall trust in the Lord. You know, don't forget what God saved you from, lest you become unthankful. No, there's many who, don't, who take the day, and they don't take the day for what it is, a gift from God. They go about with long faces, with, with misery on their heart, and they've just become unthankful. And you know, the, there's a great danger there. You know, there's a danger that we forget what God saved us from, and then also become prideful. You know, pride is a dangerous thing for the Christian. Pride is something that we ought uh, to, we ought to, to uh, put away, and, 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 and sometimes we're just prideful because we've forgotten that God was the one that saved us to begin with. And notice with me, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and if you've got your Bibles handy, we'll turn to it in different, different places. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And notice verse 9 with me. 1 Corinthians 6, look at verse 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. It says, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And we would all agree with that list. We would look at that and we say, yes, those. But notice what he reminds us of in verse 11. And such were some of you. But you are washed. You are sanctified. You are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. He's saying, you know, you, you could look at that list and you could look at the, the, the sin and the wickedness and the, the state of those that are listed down there. But can I remind you, such were some of you. Prior to salvation, we're all sinners needing the grace of God to save us. And it's only by God's grace. And sometimes we can forget that we're sa- what we're saved from, forget the, the, the manner of our lives previous to, previous to salvation, and we can go about and just 
have a prideful attitude. Have, a, have an attitude that we can look down on others that uh, just can't help themselves because they're just sinners. They have no Holy Spirit in their lives. They, they have no salvation and, and they can't help it because they're sinners born. And they're sinners, so they sin. And you understand they have no victory over that. And sometimes we can go around being very judgmental about the society, about individuals that we come across and we forget that was exactly who we were prior to salvation. That was us positionally. That was us prior to Christ intervening on our behalf. And we can forget that and we can become prideful. And can I remind you this morning that God resists the proud. And we can, we can be resisted by God because of our prideful state of heart. And we can go about and, and, and be forgetful that God saved us from that and we can become prideful. The third thing is we forget God saved us and we become defeated. Hey, listen, there's a lot of defeated Christians. There's a lot of Christians walking around defeated by sin, defeated by this world, defeated by the, 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 the circumstances of their lives. And they go around and they're no longer a testimony for Christ. They're a billboard for the other thing. The, sometimes there's a, there's a misconception that we're, is perpetuated by God's own people that somehow the Christian life is about just the misery that it is. It's not. There's, there's joy in it. There's victory in it. And some of us this morning just need to remind our face that we have victory in Christ this morning. And I'm not saying that we walk around a little goofy looking, always smiling. But listen, there's, there's just something that emanates in the heart of a Christian that understands their victory in Christ. Amen. And listen, that's what the world needs. And many times there's just too many Christians walking around and they just don't deal with the, the sin even though they've overcome it in Christ already. They're victors. You're a victor. And we go through and, and we sometimes we're just forgetful. And that's a dangerous thing to walk around defeated. It's a dangerous thing to, to believe the lie that somehow you have no power over sin. That, that somehow you have no recourse in your circumstance. That somehow those things that come around, they just have to overwhelm you. And, and although the reality is we have victory in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know the worst of it all is this, we forget that God saved us to do, and then here's the danger, we become apathetic. You know, one of the characteristics that we need to avoid most is being apathetic in our Christian life. This, this blasé attitude, this, this attitude of, oh, it doesn't matter. We're just apathetic. We're no longer active. We're no longer passionate. We're no longer prioritizing. We're no longer uh, uh, zealous and fervent in the things that we do for God. Suddenly we're just apathetic. And yet the Bible tells us that He, he saved us unto good works. He, he's saved us to, to be a people who are zealous of good works, by the way. And there's a, supposed to be a zealousness about us as Christians. And yet, you know why sometimes we're not? We're just forgotten. That that's actually what God saved us to. That actually, that's the normal Christian life, not the exceptional Christian life. And too many times we think that's for the exceptional. No, listen, that's for the everyday life. That's for the everyday man Christian. That's for every one of us. That's the normal Christian life. 
And here's what has happened, though. We've forgotten. We've forgotten that actually we're not saved to just be. We're saved to be and then do. We're saved not out of a uh, not not to just live a an apathetic Christian life. No, no, we're supposed to be those who are passionate and those who have a great zeal for the cause of Christ. And listen, there's great danger in being a forgetful one. There's a danger to be someone who's a hearer of the word and not a doer. And the question has to be asked, how do we, how do we get there? Why is it that there's times in our own lives and there's times maybe in our observation of, of just the, of Christianity in general these days that there's just a great forgetfulness? How is it that we get to forget? And the Bible tells us that. Go back to, go back to James chapter 1. And really simple message this morning. Here's how, how you start to forget you. Notice with me in verse 22. It says, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. For if any be a hearer of the word, in verse 23, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. You know what leads to forgetfulness? He's using that. He's saying he's just not doing. And he's really simple. You know, we just, there's a lack of exercising what we know. There's a lack of exercise. And, and you know, we, we understand the, the, the benefits of, of exercise or exercising things in our lives. You, you ever... You ever done something that you, you, you did, you've done for your whole life, but you've paused for a little while? You know, recently um, we've been, been doing some extra training with my kids. They, they're, they're starting a new season of basketball in a couple of weeks, and they said, Dad, we need some training. We, just, we don't want to embarrass ourselves out on the court, you know. And, and so we've been, we've been playing, and, and it's, I, I played basketball all my life. I played it. I played it right through high school. I played it for, for uni, and I, I played it for a long time. But you know what I found is, is there were things that I've forgotten how to do, right? There, there was parts of my, my muscles that I forgot I had. <laughs> and, and this week I've been a little bit sore, a little bit more weary because we've been going at it, trying to get, get them in shape and trying to, trying to get them prepared for their season to come. But you know, when you don't exercise something, even if you know that you, you, know, you, know, you know how to do it, then sometimes just the lack of exercise causes you to forget. You're out of practice is what we say. You, you, maybe you used to be good at something. You used to be good at maths and then your, your kids bring you a math problem and they, it looks just, just looks confusing. Now, if you've always had that, then, then you don't have that, all right? But, but sometimes you used to be good at something, but because you're out of practice. And that's what sometimes happens in the Christian life. You know, you just get out of practice. You, you know to do it. You know that you ought to pray, but you're just out of practice. You know you ought to be a witness for Christ, but you're just out of practice. You, you know that you ought to be faithful in, in, uh, in, uh, in, in being part of serving the Lord, and, and you're just out of practice. And he's saying, you know, you, you could be a hearer of the word, and you've heard it over and over again, but just because of this lack of exercise... You know what they say, repetition is the key to learning, but actually repeated application 
is the key to learning. You know, sometimes you can repeat something, and, and, and that's how we are. We, we repeat the, the, the message in our heads. We know it. We know the verses. We know that when, when, uh, when I'm going to turn to James 1, that I'm probably going to touch on that and, and, and say a little bit about this. And, and it is many times where we've had too much repetition in hearing, but maybe not enough repetition in doing. Because it's the repetition, repeated application is the key to learning. And you know, in the spiritual sense, when it comes to it, we either use it or lose it. We either use the spiritual muscles that God has given us or we lose it. And the world, I think, is too full of Christians who know all about it. Who know, you know, there's times where I've sat with those at, in their homes and maybe have gone knocking on doors and they've invited me into to have a chat about salvation and, and, and they just know. You know, I, sometimes I, I'm surprised. I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm turning here and they'll quote it for me. And I'll turn here and they'll say, oh yeah, you're going to turn to this. They know the Romans wrote like I do. And they know it. They have the head knowledge. They, they have all of that. They've heard it on repeat. And maybe at some point they attended some sort of Sunday school or some sort of Bible class or some sort of Bible study or at some point they were regular in a church service and they had heard it just as much as I have, but they've not, not done a thing about it. And many times there are those sitting in the pews of our churches all around this world who know much more, perhaps from a knowledge point of view, they've heard much more. But here's the problem, they've just not applied it. There's a lack of exercise and they've forgotten. And many times, it's just not the head knowledge, it's the, the doing that is important. And I think there's several reasons why we don't exercise what we know. Firstly, I think just very plainly, refusal. You just refuse. You know, we're, we're stubborn people. Right? We're stubborn. We're stubborn in heart. God, God knows that. And there's times where we're, he's instructing us and we just won't let that thing go or we just won't, won't obey and we're just, this is the only reason we won't hear it and we won't do it, we just refuse. The Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 17, he is in the way of life that keepeth instruction, but he that refuseth reproof erreth. There's error, uh, there's error in that. There's, a, there's wrongdoing in that when we just simply refuse the things that we are hearing. Proverbs 8.33, hear instruction and be wise. And here's a Bible imperative, and refuse it not. You know, there's many times we'll just sit and we'll hear something and, and maybe it just happened to be that day the pastor was preaching on that thing that you just don't want to let go. And you know, there's that battle. There's that battle between the, 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 the spirit and the flesh and sometimes, if we're not careful, we just refuse it, and the flesh wins. And we just say, and, and we come up with excuses. Oh, how dare he? You know, who told him? I bet you my wife sent him a text this week, and now he's preaching about it. You know, it's just refusal. Refusal. But you know, the second reason why sometimes we just don't do what we know is it's just retention. We've not retained it. The Bible tells us, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. You know, sometimes we, we're not active hearers. The Bible tells us to be more ready to hear. The Bible tells us to be 
to be slow to speak, swift to hear. And the, the imperative in the Scriptures is to be a better hearer than you are a speaker. And we're supposed to be expert hearers. You know, as you sit here this morning, actually God's greater expectation is that we would be better hearers. That we would somehow not only take this time to, to listen, but then to meditate and to chew on and to retain. And that's why, you know, it's good to take notes, but it's good to review the notes. It's good to have that recording and then maybe listen to it again. Maybe you missed something the first time. You know, I think some of you are like that. Some of you have, you watched a movie, you liked it so much, you want to watch it again. And some of you could quote more lines from that movie than you can from this book. And you'd get excited about that. And you go around and you have no retention. You know, you, you test yourself. What did, what did pastor speak about last week? Sometimes I test myself. I have my notes though, so I have an advantage. <laughs> but listen, you know, sometimes it, it just lasts for that moment. And yet, yet part of the, the skill is that we're supposed to have an open-heartedness enough that we would retain it in our hearts. And we're supposed to meditate upon this, this book day and night. And we're supposed to observe and do according to all that is written therein. And the Bible says, Thou shalt have good success. And so we're supposed to be more ready to hear. Sometimes it's just retention. But then I touched on it a little bit. Sometimes we're just not exercising because really we have no regard. You know, what you regard in your life, you will remember and you will enact. You know, if, if someone's important to you, you will remember their birthday and you will remember to do something special for them. If, if someone is important, you're going to make sure that you're going to be free from distraction when you're going to spend time with that person. But so many times when it comes to the Word of God, when it comes to God working in our lives, we show a lack of regard because we fill our minds with every other distraction. And that's the time we choose to take a little bit of stock of what, what we're supposed to do that week. We take stock, and, and rather, than, rather than just paying attention and, and making sure that we get what we're supposed to get so we can do what we're supposed to do that week, you know what it is? It's a lack of regard. Hey, listen, it's not just something that we teach our kids. It's a, it's a habit we're supposed to teach ourselves. You know, every time the Word of God is open, we're supposed to be focused we're supposed, to be, uh, we're supposed to have a great honor. That's why, listen, when we have the Bible reading time, it's just a simple act of respect that we just stand if we're able. But, but that's meant to build a very, a very foundational attitude that we're supposed to have with the Word of God. It's meant to be held in high regard. Listen, I can't even stand seeing it on the floor. And yet there's, there's many of us who have, have volumes of it in our house gathering dust and it's been ages since we've opened it. And many times we treat it just like we treat the apps on our, on our phones because it is an app. And that's it. And yet, listen, we're supposed to have a high regard for the Word of God. You ought to value it. It ought to be that when it's opened, then our ears and our hearts are open that we have a great focus and a great respect 
And it's not about the speaker, it's about the Word of God. And so sometimes it just comes down to a lack of exercise. And why is it that we just don't exercise what we know? Maybe it's just a refusal. How are you, how are you in your sensitivity to just obey the Word of God? How are you in your retention of the Word of God? Do you take the time to study it through the course of the week? Is it something that you are in regular habit of so that you can retain? Or do you have just a high regard? You know, we, we say these words, neither have I gone back from the commandments of his lips. Job 23, 12, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. You know, we teach our kids no Bible, no breakfast. Right? We, it's more than our necessary food. And yet there's days, I'm telling you, there's days where Christians go without their Bible. And they'll, they'll not have a regard for it. They don't, there's no esteem. And many times the reason why we don't exercise is we just have no regard for it. We don't think it's good advice. You know, some of, some of, uh, some of us spend money on experts, you know, maybe a personal trainer. And we go in there, and, and it's, it's part of accountability, right? There's, you pay someone, so you better go exercise. You don't want to waste your money. And you, you listen to them. They, they, they give you a diet. They give you the, the workout. And we listen to them. Why? Because we have a regard for that person. We regard them. But when it comes to sometimes the, the Word of God, the, the very words of a living God, the living Word of God, there's times where we just have no regard. And so, how's your exercise going? Are you not only a hearer of the word, but a doer as well? Because if not, if you're not, are not just a, if you're not a doer of the word, then you're like that man who's deceived himself and forgotten. Forgotten what manner of man. But here's a, the next one, and really, part of it is, is really just verses 24 to 25. Again, for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty. And, and remember the, the subject of these few verses is just receiving the word of God. It says, but whoso looketh unto the perfect law of liberty, the word of God, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. And he's saying he's regularly at the mirror. He's regularly at the mirror of the Word of God. You know what we as mirrors for? It's not just to look at ourselves. Right? It's to examine. It's actually to look and see if there's anything wrong with us. Now, some, some like to spend time in front of the mirror. Some just have a quick glance because they can't take it that much. All right? But, and listen. That's why we come in front of a mirror for examination. That the mirror examines us. We're able to see clearly. And, and you know, there, there's many times where we, we just neglect coming to the perfect law of liberty. You know what, what this mirror does? It shows us perfectly. It shows us ourselves. You know, it, it, it shows us God, but it shows us us. And we're supposed to come regularly to this mirror. But, but the problem is we go to too many different mirrors. You know, I, I think there's many mirrors that we can examine ourselves. And it's like, you know, when we were kids, we, 
uh, we had a, a, a van. We just, my, my parents drove us in a van. And, you know, the, the panel on the van, it's, it's a bit bigger, but, you know, it warps you. you. You look at it and you look shorter. And we used to love playing around it. And we'd laugh at each other. Look how wide you are in this one. And, and it skews how we appear. You ever go to a, a fun house and you go in there, there's, there's different warped mirrors and you sort of can make fun of yourself. But, you know, the reality is I think many Christians are going to those, those types of mirrors for their examination. They're going to the mirrors of worldly philosophy. They're going to the mirrors of peer comparison. They're going to the mirror of their own heart. And they're being deceived. And, and yet the Bible tells us to, to, to take heed. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 4, verse 9, Only take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen. And we're supposed to be diligent. There's many times the Bible tells us to consider our ways. In Deuteronomy 4, 23, Take heed unto yourselves, lest ye forget the covenant of the Lord your God. And there's many times where God just calls us to this mirror, to help us see clearly and help us remember some things. And we need to constantly examine ourselves within the mirror of the Word of God. You know, we, we go about and, and there's a regularity in which we do that. Physically, we go every morning perhaps. We brush our teeth in front of a mirror. We comb our hair in front of the mirror. We, we glean those things and we wouldn't do that just once in a while. We do that regularly. Why? Because we understand we change and there's things that we have to, that, that might have appeared overnight. You know, some of our teenagers, they, they're shocked every morning. They see another blemish on their face and they're like, oh, mom, dad. And we go around and, and it would be absurd for us to think that, that, you know, someone little just looks at themselves once and then 20 years later looks again. You know what they're going to find? They're not going to find someone they can recognize. Because there's no irregular examination. It'd be ridiculous to think that from, a, from just a personal and physical point of view, but we do that from a spiritual point of view. And God uses the mirror of the Word of God to help us see who we are. But there's some other mirrors, I think, that we use. And, and I mentioned this one here, comparison. And let's turn to a couple of places. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And we know the verses here, Paul writing to this church in Corinth, he mentions to them after some questions about his ministry, he says in verse 12, For we dare not make ourselves of the number, or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves, the Bible says, are not wise. Saying, you know, peer comparison. You know, we live in a day of social media and there's so much pressure to, to appear a certain way. You know, there's, that, there's all of those, those, those ways in which we can start to compare ourselves with not just the Joneses, but everyone else around the world. And if we're not careful, we can buy into that. If we're not careful, that's how we... We, we evaluate ourselves. We're looking in the mirror of peer comparison. We start to measure, oh, well, look at them. They're doing this now, and how about us? How come we're not, that's not where we're up to now, and 
look at them. How come they're this way? And how come I'm? And, and we start to suddenly devalue uh, the very present circumstance that actually God has given us as, a, as part of our stewardship. And we can start to become unhappy. And, you know, discontent is often compared with comparison. It often comes with comparison. And so many times we are discontent and, and suddenly the, the mirror of peer comparison is the thing that we keep looking at every day. And how many of us are guilty of picking up our phone first thing in the morning and scrolling through our... How many times we go through and, and, and rather than getting into some truth and, and gleaning upon it, we allow that to skew our view of ourselves. Sometimes it's just simply worldly philosophy. You know, the world's treatment and the world's way. And look at First Peter chapter 1. Look at First Peter chapter 1. And notice verses 13 to 16. And notice with me, thanks for turning there. Verse 13, wherefore gird up the loins of your mind. It says, be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And notice what he says, as obedient children. It says, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. He's saying, not fashioning yourselves to the former things. Hey, listen. If you're saved here today, you are not of this world. This world is no longer the place you belong. Hey, listen, we're no longer rooted in our citizenship here. Our citizenship is up there. And listen, this world is going to pass away. And all of its, all of its philosophies, all of its so-called successes, all of its so-called plans and ambitions, all of its so-called riches will one day burn up and it won't matter an iota what you own and how you compare to the greater world out there. This is not our home. And yet so many times, it's the mirror of the world's philosophies. Are we educated like the world? Uh, do we have the same ambitions as the world? Do, does the world see me as a, as a success? And does the world see me in, on, on the world stage as someone that is a global citizen? And all of those catchphrases that we hear today. And listen, God looks at that and He says, you know, those are the former lusts. Don't fashion yourselves with that. Say, so stop looking at that mirror. Stop looking at that and, go, and getting your fashion tips and looking at all of those things and, and fashioning and shaping yourself according to what you see in the mirror of the world. Of the world. Because it's, I'm telling you, it's a skewed perspective. It's not perfect like the Word of God is perfect. And it's too many times that's the, that's the mirror to look at. But you know what a dangerous mirror this one is? It's, it's just our own heart. You know, there's just, there's just sometimes all we look at is just, we just look at what's in here. And we look at, we look at the, the, what our heart wants and what our heart craves. And, and yet the Bible tells us if we're saved, God has given us a new heart. We ought to lend ourselves to that. But, but listen, when it comes to your natural heart, the Bible tells us it's deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? 
The, the Bible tells us actually in Proverbs 14, 14, the backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways. And if that's the mirror we're looking at, then we're, we're down for deception. If all we're looking at is what we want and what we feel and what we should and what's in our heart, then listen, we're, we're walking down a path of deception. Actually, the Bible tells us, my son, give me thine heart and let my eyes observe my ways. And it's meant to be that this heart is, is given over to the Lord for safekeeping. And instead, we're supposed to look at the perfect law of liberty. And we're supposed to examine ourselves regularly in that. And yet, we're too often in other mirrors for examination. And we're too often in those and we get deceived. And, and yet God challenges us to come to the perfect law of liberty. Again, it's, it's, it's evident that if we're going to be doers of the word and not be forgetful hearers, then we need to be those that not only exercise in it regularly, we're to evaluate it in it regularly. And, and God challenges us to do that day in, day out. You know, Romans 7, 7, the Bible says this, What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law. You know, there's things that we can't recognize in our own lives unless the Bible tells us that's what it is. You know, Paul said, I had not known covetousness except the law told me. And there's many things that, that happen in our lives. We can't see for ourselves. We just need the Word of God to clarify and, and, and we need the perfect law of liberty so that we would know, so that we would remember, so that we could get, get to that. And we're supposed to have that regular time of God teaching us. You know, we know things because of the Word of God. It's the perfect mirror. It, it'll, it'll capture you in the most vivid light. It, it'll, it, there's, no, there's no skew in it. It's just perfect. And it'll show you who you are. And it'll show you what needs to get right. It'll show you what needs to be addressed. It'll show you those things that you didn't even notice before. And he challenges us to get to the perfect law of liberty. And that's why so many times there's things repeated in church. You know, 2 Peter 1.12 says, Wherefore I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things. And notice what he says, Though you know them and be established in the present truth. You ever noticed, and you probably probably you come for a little while, you'll probably start to hear me preaching about the same things over and over again. You know why? Because we're forgetful. And he says, I'm not going to be negligent to put you in remembrance of these things, though you know them. You know why? Because we're forgetful. Because we'll forget tomorrow. Because it's needful to be reminded again. And there's so much in the Word of God, but, but there's so much to just repeat over and over again. Why? Because we need constant evaluation. You know what, what Sundays are? Sunday's a day to evaluate yourself. As you sit here this morning, as you sit in the Word, as the Word of God is being preached, you're not meant to look at your neighbor. You're not meant to look behind you. You're meant to look within and go, Lord, show me. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Search me. Show me where. Lord, the, the mirror is open this morning. Show me in the world. Is this me, Lord? 
Can, can you help me recognize those hidden things in my heart? Can you help me recognize those things I haven't, haven't seen all week? Could, could you just help me? And then, Lord, help me to, to, to then do something about it this week. Help me to confess it and get it right. Help me to action that I've been lacking in that. I, I've let that slip this, uh, the, these last few months. I, I've not been in your, in your word. I've not been in prayer. I, I've not uh, been the testimony that I need to be. I, I've not uh, shown my, my love and my affection to my family like I should. I, I, I've not been as submissive as I should be in the home. I, I've not obeyed my authorities. I've had a bad attitude. Show me. Show me. Many times we sit here idle. And we let the Sunday pass. And then the preacher's going to preach it again. <laughs> and it might sound the same, but it just might be a different angle. And, you know, there's many times, I think sometimes if you've been in the Christian life too long, you start to not love the old truths, you just want new truths. And you better be careful if that's your attitude. Because the Bible tells us not to be negligent, to remind you. And that's why God gives us opportunities. And you know, tonight even, we have an opportunity to be examined. We're going to observe the Lord's Supper. And it's going to be a time of remembrance. But it's going to be a time of, of evaluation. And don't miss that. But don't miss the days when, when God gives you. Don't, don't forget who you are. And you see, too often we live with a skewed view of ourselves because we've not looked in the right mirror. We, we've not exercised ourselves to those things we already know. And we start to forget. And, and, and there's times where we can be like that fella who had partial amnesia. And you know what? The, this world doesn't need Christians to wo live worldly. This world needs Christians to live like Christians. And we need to be different. And we need to live holy as He is holy. And we need to, we need to live in a way that, that is shown us in the Word of God. And we need to get back to just getting to that perfect law of liberty and, and being reminded who we are. You know, forgetting who you are is a dangerous place. It changes you and, and, and it, it, it causes you to think you're someone that you're not. And I hope that this morning you would just get back to remembering who you are in Christ. Remembering what you should be and who you should be. And getting back to that regular exercise and then regular evaluation through the perfect law of liberty, the Word of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for the time. Lord, I pray that you'd please help us. Lord, too many times we let times like this pass without allowing your Holy Spirit to illuminate the Word of God and then illuminate our hearts and our minds to who we are and what there is to deal with and what there is to adjust and what there is to just get right. And Lord, we go about and everyone seems to else seems to need the mirror, but sometimes it's just us, Lord. And we need to forget who we are. We're not, we need not to forget who we are, but remember who we are in you. And so I pray that you'd please help each and every one here. We're going to have a time of invitation. Why don't we just allow the Word of God and the Spirit of God to examine us this morning.